is Maddie Rempe from Cleveland, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. We'll do it live. Okay. Well, do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. And we broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. That's right, it is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. And a cold one it is up here in the barbecue capital of the North Coast, I can tell you that much. If you should see fit to join the festivities of this evening, this is how you get in contact with me. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at bbqcentralshow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at bbqcentralshow. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, the BBQ Guru. What? The BBQ Central Show.com. We'll talk about Barbecue Guru in a couple breaks. And that's how you find out everything else about the show. But congratulations to everybody that's tuning in live via Facebook or. On the, uh, where else am I at? Tune in, Simple Radio, still on Outdoor Cooking Channel for the next couple weeks, so stay tuned for that. We will be cutting that off at the end of the year in 2017, and going into 2018, it will be just Facebook Live on the video. At this point, we will be launching a YouTube as well, but I know everybody's been waiting for this, so let me talk about this. No, not that. Everybody's waiting for this. That's right. Friends and neighbors, you've come to enjoy it. You've come to expect it. Right here on this very show, my homage to my childhood Christmas Thanksgiving. My childhood Christmas Years past, as I'm sure you can all imagine, mere decades ago, I was a youth taking Christmas in the southern tier of New York State in the grand metropolis that is Hornell, New York. Shout out to all my people in Hornell still. Many people, many centralites out there. And every Christmas Eve, this would play right on the television. It was also simulcasting. All over radio waves up and down pretty much the state of New York. I know a lot of people in New Jersey saw the Yule Log, this particular Yule Log. 
Channel 11 WPIX and WPIX 11 Alive. We're simulcasting via TV and radio. Christmas tunes to get you through the Christmas Eve festivities, wrapping presents, getting things underneath the tree and so forth. Now I'm showing up in front of the fire. And I get a lot of email each and every year as this time of year rolls around saying, hey, are you going to do the Yule Log open like you did last year, like you did the year before that? Oh, yeah. Of course I am. This is what gets me in trouble with YouTube. I actually reposted this on YouTube and got claims. Basically, 11 Alive is filing for money against... I don't even care about that. I'm just sharing the festivities, the fun and frivolity of Christmas years gone past with other folks that remember this. And I have been getting tons of comments on my YouTube page saying, Hey, I remember the Yule Log. This is great. It's the whole two-hour version. It's not cut up in segments, all that good stuff. Some of the greatest Christmas tunes of all time. I'm sure that's up for debate as well, but these are a vast collection of great Christmas favorites. If you want this, I can Dropbox it to you. You can have the whole thing. I play it on Christmas morning at my house. But again, for years and years and years on a Christmas Eve in Hornell, New York, this would hit the TV. We would be eating and having nice juice drinks. What's that punch people used to make with the ice cream in it? Getting presents wrapped and then becoming ever so trepidatious. Because Christmas might pass us by if we were up too late. So we would scatter upstairs and hit the bed. And then up early around 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock in the morning to race through presents at breakneck speed. And then it was over. Wow. And we'd do it all again next year in the comfort of a Yule Long fire, ladies and gentlemen. So, this is my giving back to those who enjoy me sitting in front of a fire once a year. Happy to do it. Channel 11. 11 Alive WPI. For those that remember. My gift to you, the world. A show note, next week it will be a new show. It will be a pre-recorded show. Currently on the docket, Stephen Reichlin. John Solberg, the really big voice guy, is also going to be in. Can't wait to talk to him. This guy, he's going to be on the show. And I still have to fill in one more guest. But I'm going in for a ear procedure on Friday to get a skin cyst off a a tympanoplasty and some kind of carcinoma on my ear. That sounds cancerous, not cancerous. It's a skin, a skin cyst. And a partially detached eardrum that they have to reattach. So I'm not sure how I'm going to feel next Tuesday, but I figure I'll pre-record something, have a brand new show ready to go on Tuesday. That way you can get the fix, lead you into the holidays, and then on 12-26 I will be back and better than ever with a brand new live show. On that show, of course, the embedded correspondence segment, Jess Priles is already guaranteed a spot as well, so very much looking forward to that. Uh, Meathead, 
is in the chat room. Meathead is not in the IPDTL queue yet. So, Meathead, gear up. Hit that link. Let's go. I don't want to be late. This is one of my favorite all-time Christmas tunes. Oh, by the way, I didn't get into it, but coming up on the show this evening, the normal second Tuesday of the month guest, the creator of the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling websites on the face of the earth, Meathead Goldwyn will join me for his normal two segments. Last month, we cut him down to one segment because I was playing catch-up. But this month, he is in for the full docket of two segments. We have a bunch of Facebook questions to get answered. I have some questions that I will be asking Meathead as well. So the normal first hour Meathead is on tap. And then in the second hour, we have a first-timer to the show. He is a media maven. You might have saw his... Instagram or Twitter handle on a Budweiser commercial a couple months ago. He is a Texas barbecue expert, a photographer. I don't know if he's an expert photographer. From my eyeballs, he's an expert photographer. But somebody who follows Texas barbecue very closely, a first-timer of the show, the smoking ho himself, Jimmy Ho, will be in at 1014. And then to round out... The whole show, closing it down with me, the pitmaster of Shake and Bake Barbecue, Tim Shear, will be joining me to talk about what really was a fantastic... Can't hear me over the mute. I didn't think it was that loud. Hold on. I can fix that. I can fix that. Oh, jeez. And... Oh. Come on. There we go. How about that? A little better? I don't want to undersell the music. I love it. Uh, Tim Shear will help me close out the show at 1035. We'll talk about what was an incredible, incredible... (laughs) Competition season for Tim Shear, so we'll talk to him about that. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be all kinds of uh, fun and excitement here, plus your emails if you want to get in, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. And uh, that's how we're going to do it. Before we jump over to Meathead Goldwood, I'm going to talk to you about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, the curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything they have at BigPapaSmokers.com has been pitmaster approved by Sterling, Big Papa Ball himself. From award-winning rubs and sauces to American-made grills and smokers, Big Papa Smokers has everything you need to be a better outdoor cook. Whether you're in the backyard or a competition pro, Big Papa Smokers has something for everybody. They also are well-known for the championship rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, proven winners on the competition circuit and in the backyard. Big Papa Smokers offers 13 perfectly balanced flavors. That will transform ordinary meals into extraordinary, whether you're cooking to impress The judges or grilling for the family, Big Papa Smokers, award-winning rubs and seasonings will not disappoint. Pick up a bottle today. Over the past few years, the West Coast offense has cornered the market, really dominated on what is good. Pick up your exclusive West Coast offense recipes 
at BigPapaSmokers.com. Of course, they have the Simply Marvelous barbecue rubs as well. Aside from the premium selection of rubs and sauces, Big Papa Smokers also offers the very best pellet, charcoal, and wood cookers available today. Are you looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use? Check out the Mac 2-Star Pellet Grill. Big Papa Smokers, the exclusive Mac dealer, and even offers special packages. Not a fan of pellet smokers? Take a look at the Old Hickory Ace BP. It's the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts to put on his competition barbecue trailer. If you're a backyard barbecue enthusiast looking for a durable and versatile grill that'll last forever, the M Grill from Texas is just what you need. I just saw those the other day, man. They look really good. Not sure what kind of grill you need. You really can't go wrong with any grills featured on BigPapaSmokers.com. They have something for every kind of backyard cook. Check out their website today and shop their full selection. It's clear that Big Papa Smokers is the place to go. You can call them at 877-828-0727 or shop BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. By the way, quick update on Casey Ball. Uh, Last week, he was literally under the knife getting a kidney transplant during the show. And uh, from all accounts, no hiccups. Recovery going very well. Very good, Casey. Way Way to do it. Thinking about you, buddy. All right, Meathead Goldwyn, when we come back, stick around. We will be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show brought to you by Smithfield. Champion Pitmasters are winning with Smithfield. You can too. Commit to cooking with Smithfield this 2018 barbecue season. You'll receive smoke and swag just for participating. There's few requirements to sign up. Pay a small shipping fee at 25 bucks and be a member of one of the sport's major sanctioning bodies. Be sure to come back and track your first place finishes and pork and ribs to win great prizes through our Walk-In with Smithfield incentive program. For more information coming soon on that, once you cook with Smithfield and are a committed cook, use the hashtag show us your Smithfield on Facebook and Instagram. Limited to 500 people to sign up. That's Smoking with Smithfield. SmokinWithSmithfield.com. It is available and working, folks. I told you about it for weeks. Now you can join in the 2018 season. All right. Joining me now is the creator of the Amazing Ribs website and a second Tuesday of the month guest right here, Meathead Goldwyn joining me. Meathead, how are you, buddy? Hello, Greg. Hello, Centralites. What is happening with Meathead? What? 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 I don't know. I'm on your new. I'm on your new feed. Can you see it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I can't see you though. It, I don't oh, like no. this. I, I, yeah. I, there's there's no reason to see, see me. Remember, Meathead. It's all about the audio quality, and that's what we have. Yeah. Here. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm I was listening to the to the lead in, and I yeah. could hear you in both ears, but all of a sudden you're down to one ear. Uh, yeah, because you were in one ear from. 
Does that help at all right there? No, that does that no. help at all? No? Okay. That's all right. I can uh, just take this here plug out. Yeah, all right. Easy enough, right? I got these new fancy little Apple ear buds here. Are those the wireless <clears throat> ones? Yeah, yeah. You get weird looks when you wear those. I f they, they, they look a little <sighs> odd. They do look odd. It looked like something dripping out of your ear, right. you know? It yeah. looks like... White drippings. Can you see? Who knows? Um, uh, hey, Meathead, let me oh, ask you this. That's just this here. I saw on your Twitter feed that December 18th is National Roast Suckling Pig Day. Is that really Roast Suckling Pig Day? I think so. You know, wow. you can look this stuff up. There's actually a book that we bought. It costs like 80 bucks. Whoa. That has every specialty holiday. I mean, if we want to have National um, Greg Rampy Day. Yes. You can do this. You can, you you gotta, you know, send some papers here and there and stuff, and they'll declare it national. So there's a holiday for just about everything, We and we have fun with it. National Corn on the Cob Day, National Onion Soup Day. Yeah, you know, whenever we find a fun day, especially if we have a recipe related to it, we'll tweet it out and say, hey, let's make... Corn on the cob. So do I whatever. have to pay money to get National Greg Rempe Day? I don't know how one does this. I do know that there is a uh, procedure to do it, and um, uh, I don't know if it costs anything or not. The, you would imagine that the $80 book that you got would uh, have some type of instruction on how to get your own day potentially, right? I'll find out. I'll see if I can. We, we should have a Greg Rempe Day. We should oh. have... Greg Rempe Week. How do we get Greg Rempe Week? That would be even better. Hey, um, am I correct in believing that your Browns and my Bears oh, are going to go at it to see who gets the first-round draft pick? Do the Bears not have a win? <laughs> uh, they've got five, but oh. or four. <laughs> I think they got four. Well, let's yeah, see. I know, uh, I know. I'm going to look at my win total this year, and uh, we're currently uh, one win over the last two seasons. So we're yeah, really bad, yeah. really bad. The the big goose eggs. Yeah, the sports. I, I, it could be a bad game though. I could be. It could be a really bad game. Yeah, of course it could, and the Browns will lose. So don't worry. But if you've already won four times, I mean, <laughs> as the sports talk show guys were saying, since the Browns snatching defeat from the jaws of victory on Sunday, that the Browns are yeah. literally allergic to winning. They don't know how to win. Yeah. They're allergic to it. They're it, running it away like from it. it. It's. It's a travesty. I don't even bother watching anymore because it's a complete waste of time. Doug Scheiding sent me a message on Sunday saying, oh, the Browns just blew it, Bubba. I'm in the middle of the grocery store. I don't even care. Meathead. Meathead is gone. All right. That's fine. Meathead, we, I lost you, you there. Are you all right? Yeah, I, there's right. a little, there was a checkbox here, and it didn't have a check in it, so I clicked on it, and you oh, went away. you went. That's right. Don't click anything. <laughs> Stay new, on. This new system, I get really. I... There you go. All right, so <laughs> technology. Uh, National Rose Suckling Pig Day. Now, do you have a recipe on the website for a suckling pig? I don't, but I have one in my book, and it's kind of fun. Really? Um, we boned it, and then we filled it um, sort of like a porchetta. And um, 
uh, it was really quite fun. Uh, it, it was like a football, you know, pig skin with a little meat inside. And then we made a, uh, uh, we, we, we ground up uh, the meat from the jowls and other parts and made like a sausage and filled it and stitched it back up. And, uh, um, uh, you know, I've had, there, here's something for people who want to do suckling pig. This is a good bit of insight. It tastes funny. Um, these little guys have been living on milk and uh, milk only. is and only milk right. i mean it, i, I now i forget i gotta look it up i think a, technically a suckling pig is a pig that's just been weaned so it's off of mama's milk but yeah. it's fed more milk and i forget the maximum age but basically they have eaten nothing solid they're eating nothing but milk and the first one I tasted, I thought it was spoiled. I thought it was rancid. Um, it was in Italy, and I almost made a scene sending it back, but I didn't <laughs> want to be the ugly American. So I ate it anyhow. I held my nose. It was just not pleasant at all. And then I've had two or three since, and it, they all have this odd flavor. Mm. So <clears throat> if you love hog, you love pork, yeah. you might not want to do a suckling pig because it tastes like a different animal. Can you Can you wean yourself into that? flavor profile before it's just thrown down and you might cause your own scene or no well i suppose i mean you know i mean i've learned how to love brussels sprouts i hated brussels sprouts still haven't learned to like lima beans yet that's one of the few things left that i can't eat uh but i've learned to eat liver um so you know i suppose one could learn to like suckling pig but it is weird it's different and it's odd and it's funny and there is sort of like a spoiled milk flavor Ew. to the flesh. Ah, yeah. All right. Well, I'm not too yeah. interested in trying that, so thanks for steering me away from that one. Meathead Goldwyn joining me here on the show, AmazingRibs.com, his website. Meathead, uh, obviously, uh, Christmas, uh, other holidays uh, around this time of year coming up. What do you have in regards to the barbecue and grilling lover in your life from a gift standpoint? I'm sure you're bombarded with these kind of questions at this point of the year. What should I get this person? What should I get that person? What are you suggesting this year? Wow. Well, I'm suggesting we get off this goofy system here because all of a sudden <laughs> you went from my ear pods to my microphone, I mean, my, the speaker in my laptop, hmm. and I can't get you back on my headphones um i i can hear you though and um stand by 30 seconds i'm trying to get you back on my say something check 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 uh, you're on my uh all right enough for the ear pods um i can hear you on the speaker can you is it causing feedback or anything yeah i'm gonna get a feedback yeah i'm gonna get a feedback I hear you just fine. If it, yeah. All right, I, I got another set of headphones. Uh, let's see if these work. <laughs> ah, yes. A Bluetooth technology. A Bluetooth technology. The, the bleeding edge of yeah, technology. technology. You know, the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the good uh, news is you've never sounded better. You've never sounded better. Okay, I think this set is working now. All right. All right. Stand by. I'm going to connect the headphones. Uh, all right. Can all you right. say something? I can. Sounds better. Oh, God. Yeah, boy. Oh, yeah. You sound good, too. 96 kilobits yeah, you, coming you at sound, you. 
Well, you sound really deep and rich and ah, professional. Thank you, thank you. Okay. So gifts, what are now we looking I got at these this year? Red earmuffs. Well, you know, I've I've done this before and everybody listening here knows this, but there's nothing that will make you a better cook faster than good thermometers. Right. And there're just so many good thermometers out there. Um, you know, a, a perfect steak is medium rare where it's most tender, most juicy, it's around 130 degrees. There's no excuse for going to the head of the table with a bunch of steaks and making apologies for, well, it kind of got away from me. Um, and chicken <laughs> chicken cooked to less than 160 uh, starts to get risky. Um, uh, you've, uh, I think I've quoted on this show before, Consumer Reports did a research project where they tested a high, um, uh, a couple of 300 uh, uh, chicken breasts and 90% had pathogenic bacteria. Wow. They all die up in the 160, 165 range. So you don't want to undercook. So, I mean, if you know somebody who's getting into cooking, getting into barbecue, getting into grilling, um, a digital thermometer, uh, and, and you know, there, there's some really good ones for 30 bucks. We've got an electrical engineer who tests thermometers. I actually bought special equipment that tests the accuracy and how long it takes to read. And he's got this stuff, and he tests it. And we publish the data. And just go to our website and look for any gold medal winner. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm fond of the Thermopop for 30 bucks. It takes four seconds. That old dial thermometer in the drawer... Just take it out in the driveway and back your car over it. <laughs> it's a and 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 the dial thermometer in your gas grill is a it's a, it goes to the cheapest bidder, um, lowest bidder. It's just and it's okay if you're going to eat the dome of your grill, but the food's down here, so you need a probe next to the food. Those are great gifts. Uh, a good book on barbecue. Where could we find a good book on barbecue? I don't know. A best-selling uh, book, maybe. Let's uh, let's talk about bestsellers. Oh, you know, uh, we've bragged about my book before, and I'm very proud of it. Yes. But um, two weeks ago, Southern Living Magazine uh, published their list of the 100 best cookbooks of all time, and both Raiklin and I made the list. Really? Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. All time. Um, That's a long time. Yeah. All, I mean, Jacques Pepin, Julia Child, Meathead. You name it. They're they're all there, <laughs> and Raiklin and I are both on the list. Uh, how cool is that? Um, two barbecue books made the top 100. So I'm really proud of that. Uh, so it's a good book, uh, and it might help somebody get up to speed. Um, I think a, a nice pair of gloves. Don't get mitts. There's a lot of mitts out there. You can't articulate. You can't grab things. Um, I don't know if we've talked, but we hired Rick Brown. Rick yeah. Brown now oh, works yeah. for us. Yep. Rick is a PHB. He's uh, worked for uh, working for us full time, and he's tested gloves already. And he's got a few more. He's still testing. He tested electric uh, knives, and he's just about to publish. A, he got all these. Super uh, beer coolers, you know the Yeti yeah, and uh, yep. the all he got. The he got like ten or fifteen. Yeah, there, and you know he's testing those. He put 
bags of ice in them and lined them all up and left them all out in the sun for you know to see how long the ice would hold then he put them on the back of a pickup truck and knocked them off the pickup truck to see how well they bounced in oh wow okay <laughs> oh yeah i mean he's really been beating on them uh, yeah we've we've spent a lot of money on on on, on um uh, coolers lately so that review hasn't come out yet i think it'll it's in editing right now and it should be out shortly um but uh we're we, you know we're constantly testing products and uh getting more and more serious about it all right so those are some gift ideas you can go over to amazingribs.com obviously and check those other ones out as well we have about uh six minutes before the first break here meathead we've talked about it each and every year the prime rib suggestions and tips do you have anything new are you going to be trying any different methods or is it tried and true for you well for me it's prime rib seven bone um the the whole nine yards um but i did i did put up a a good technique and recipe for um doing beef tenderloin and there's some really decent pictures of how to butcher a beef tenderloin because it's got a knobby end on one end and a tapered end on the other and then there's this what they call the chain it's a long skinny muscle and how to break this thing down and what to do with the different parts and how to make chateaubriand which is that center section which is perfectly tubular um and we just published that but for me i'm doing uh prime rib it's a tradition i go to my niece's house every year and uh a whole bunch of the gang shows up, and uh, uh, a prime rib roast is seven bones long. Um, oh, gosh, I can't remember how much it weighs. It's probably 20 pounds. Uh, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, it runs about five inches diameter. There's a lot of fat that's got to come off. You pay a lot of money. you got to trim off all that fat, otherwise the spices don't make contact with the meat and you want the spices on the meat and as i think we've talked about before that big fat cap does not penetrate the meat the meat is fully saturated it's full of water there's no way the fat is going to get in there and fat and water don't mix it's the internal marbling that's important i ordered seven bone 28 day wet aged um uh usda prime um bone in but i remove the bones i cook it with the bone off i just save the bones and that's another meal for you know the week after christmas um but i take the bone off so that i can cinch it up with butcher twine so that it's tubular and it cooks evenly on all sides that way and there i got the whole procedure and photographs and everything on amazingribs.com but that's a decadent uh, meal not cheap what is that I mean, gonna I'm run gonna do you think i think last time it was close to 300 holy dear yeah but well, you're amongst I friends mean, and family right if you if you cut it up into individual ribeye steaks yeah you can probably get 15 or more <laughs> out of it <laughs> right, i should right. know this yeah so i mean you, you this is just i mean it's it's a big ribeye steak only it's a tube, and and we've talked about doing that too, cutting an individual ribeye so yep. people can have it at different done. But that it's just such a show to haul out that big honking slab of meat. Do you have wine pairing suggestions with that? Red wine. Any red? Uh, I've, I, I, actually, oh. I've, I just I just got a good deal 
on this stuff. Chateau La Rose Trintadon. Uh, it's a uh, Cru Bourgeois, which is not one of the top 60, <clears throat> the top Grand Cru's. But it, 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 I, to my palate, it's in that league. And uh, I bought a case of this. And I think mm-hmm. I'm paying around 18 bucks a bottle, something like that. Um, I got a... I, I, I got a religious belief that I shouldn't have to pay more than fifteen bucks a bottle, but for a nice Bordeaux, and I, I hope. Oh, oh, oh! Oh, this was oh. not planned. Yeah. Um, there's a company called Crowd Cow. Yeah, I know that. Um, and they're fairly new. Yep. And they're bringing in legit. Yes. Real A5. Tajima beef. Right. A five from um, Japan. And uh, Tajima is the sub-breed that Kobe beef is from. Um, and this stuff, I bought some for myself, and uh, uh, it, it, it is breathtaking. It is almost 50% fat. Yeah. And um, I had a, a friend <laughs> over, and we cooked some last night on a salt block. Oh. And it's, it's just a trip down, you know... You can't eat much of this. I don't think it's eat. I, I I don't think I could eat more than four or five ounces of it. It's so rich. The fat is like butter. It yep. melts in your mouth. Um, but um, it's impressive. I mean, if you've never had it before, and chances are you haven't. Up until recently, it's just never been available. There have been maybe eight restaurants in the country that carried actual Kobe. This is not actual Kobe. It's from a nearby prefecture, but it's the same breed of cattle uh, according to the same re- re- raising standards. It's um, from Kagoshima. How thick um, is it? It's thin. It's uh, maybe a little over half inch. Um, oh, wow. What I do is I cut it into quarter inch slices and then you, you put it in a a cast iron pan as hot as you can get it and you wait for it to turn mahogany on one side flip it over um i sent one to my editor at houghton mifflin harcourt rux martin she has edited cookbooks by everybody you know Mar- uh, uh marcus samuelson mario batali rest his soul um <laughs> and, <laughs> um uh, and Dory Greenspan, she's you know edited all the great cookbook authors, yep. and I sent one to her as just a happy holiday and a thank you, and she wrote back and said it was the most incredible meal she's ever cooked. Wow! Holy cow! Yeah. So if it, it, go to Crowd Cow, I think uh, twelve ounce A five uh. Japanese steak will cost you maybe 150. Oof. That's a lot of money. Yeah. But it's a once in a lifetime experience. It's definitely different than American Wagyu. Most American Wagyu, I've heard it called Wangus because it's Wagyu and <laughs> Angus, Angus yeah. cross. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it needs to be crossed in this country, I guess, to handle some of the weather and feed conditions. Um, over there, it's not crossed, but uh, uh, it was it was a lot of fun. It was, and the house just smelled like beef for hours afterwards. Oh, I bet it did. Uh, Meathead Goldwyn joining me, talking about uh, Crowd Cow and the A5 Wagyu. All right, Meathead, hold on just for one second here while we 
do a little bill paying on my side, and then we'll take some Facebook questions. Meathead Goldwyn joining me during this hour of the show, AmazingRibs.com. If you're looking to turn up the heat on your own barbecue, uh, or barbecue, hello, on your own barbecue skills this summer, you need to head over and grab the most advanced ceramic cooker and high-tech barbecue accessory to hit the market. I'm talking about the all-new Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition and the CyberQ Cloud Controller. Launched earlier this year by the Barbecue Guru, the world's first temperature-controlled ceramic grill and smoker with a, get this, built-in power draft fan. It's going to give you the easiest and most successful barbecue experience to date. These must-have new items will make barbecuing easier than ever before and will be your new secret weapon for cooking delicious food each and every time. Ready to buy? Of course. Head on over to bbqguru.com and grab them up, especially for the holidays. If you have any questions about what to order, please call them at 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. Or you can visit the website bbqguru.com. Don't forget, if you have any questions, please call them. Don't guess. Nothing worse than thinking you need this fan or that fan when indeed you needed something completely different and now it's not really going to work to its complete efficiency. That leads to buyer remorse and then you return it. But nobody wants that. I don't want it. Bob doesn't want it. The folks at Barbecue Guru don't want it. So you call them up 800-288-GURU and ask all the questions. And don't forget, in relation to this monolith cooking experience, since it has the built-in draft fan, if you have an existing Barbecue Guru pit temperature control control device, all you have to do is hook it up to the fan and you're off and running. Whether that be the NanoQ or the DigiQ or the DigiQ DX2 or the CyberQ Wi-Fi or now the cloud-based version, if you have a controller in your midst, all you have to do is hook it up to the draft fan that's built into the monolith and you're off and running. Again, the website, bbqguru.com. The phone number, 800-288-GURU, the longest-running sponsor of the show, and we appreciate that. And we're back with Facebook questions with Meathead Goldwyn. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. Ready to get on the air? Call 216-220-0966. Now, let's get back to the LeBron James and Barbecue Talk. Craig Rampey. And this portion of the show is being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills, manufacturers of some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market. Today, if you're looking for a big cooker to house a lot of food, they got one for you. Medium size, got you covered there too. Also, small ones to take on tailgates, that's the David Crockett. They can also supply you with pellets to fire those cookers. You check them out online at greenmountaingrills.com. And don't forget, please, the high heat pizza oven insert. That could be a great gift as well this year. The good folks over at greenmountaingrills.com. All right, Meathead Goldwyn joining me from amazingribs.com. And we will go ahead and take some Facebook questions if you're ready for that, Meathead. I got a question. Go ahead. Um, are you running a still picture of me instead of a live video feed? Yeah, I don't have a live video feed of you. I can't put it. I, I can't. Well, put I've it. got the live video feed over oh, on the dear. IDPTQRXZ. Right. Okay. So, hold on one I second. I see a live Just video. Hold on one second. I'm going to call you right back, and I'll see what I can do. Okay. Just hold on one second. Good lord. Is everybody so interested in uh, making sure they can see everybody? Is that right? Good. Mike. All right, hold on. 
Here we go. That's the. Uh, I hear you. Let's see the remote. Good God, I look like Myron Mixon. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, you're a pretty handsome guy. All right, hold on. No. Hold on. Hold <laughs> on, meathead. Give me a give me a second here. I'm gonna help you out. Uh, let me go to screen. <laughs> Not that I have to see my ugly face, but I mean, we went through all this process, I, you know. And you're asking for a holiday gift. I'm pointing at my book. I'm holding my wine bottle yeah. up. Oh. And it's just, you know. But now I'm not gonna. Now it's not gonna work on a screen region for me. All right, let's let's wrap up this conversation today, and next week we go back to the old system. What are you talking? <laughs> this here. Oh well, yeah, you wouldn't be able to see yourself anyway. This remember, meathead. This was my show. I don't know if you forgot about that. And then uh, also. The majority of people, I don't want to get into the weeds here, but really when you look at the the hard and fast numbers of the Barbecue Central show, the majority, 95% of people listen via podcast. So it's anytime Uh other than the hours between 9 and 11. So certainly we want to accommodate the people that are jumping in on Facebook or through whatever live video stream. But it's really most important to get optimal audio since that's how the most people are okay. getting it. So okay. you're sounding okay. wonderful, I have to say. All right, so Facebook okay. questions or what? Can we do yeah, that? Yeah, sure, shoot. Yeah. All yeah. right, so the first question is from Chad Warner, and he says, brining versus injecting chicken. Mm. I think that's a little vague. Yeah, uh, there are actually there are there are three options in my book. Okay. Um, there's wet brining, dry brining, versus injection. Um, brining, dry brining, or wet brining mm-hmm. gets salt into the meat. Nothing else. Um, you take that chicken breast or the turkey and you dunk it in apple juice with pepper and garlic and sugar, and the only thing that gets in is salt. Salt is magic. It's unlike any other spice on your spice rack. It's the magic rock. It splits into two uh, atoms, sodium and chloride. They get electrically charged, and they work their way down to the center. Garlic, which is allium, uh, sugar, they're huge molecules, and they just cannot penetrate more than a teeny tiny fraction on the surface just into the cracks and crevices and the pores they don't get down into the middle and if you don't believe me do it with like a pork roast or a pork loin or even a chicken breast and very carefully slice into it and taste out of the center being careful when you slice into it Mm -hmm. you don't push flavor from the exterior the center tastes like naked chicken so salt is good though salt is important salt is uh, will amplify flavor without altering flavor garlic alters flavor sugar alters flavor so salt amplifies it without altering it and the other thing that salt does is it makes the protein hold moisture better so salt is important the other stuff Instead of dunking it in apple juice and garlic and pepper and stuff, you can just sprinkle those flavors on the surface, mm-hmm. save a lot of money and space. You don't need, I mean, a turkey brine is just huge, you know, a five gallon bucket. And um, where are you going to fit that? Um, so, with a chicken breast or something, you can either dry brine, which is salt it, just sprinkle the outside with salt, it melts and it penetrates. And when you're cooking, the heat makes it penetrate even deeper. It penetrates faster. So the cooking process, the warming of the meat, makes it penetrate. 
Um, wet brine works well. Um, it doesn't add a lot of moisture, just a tiny bit more. And of course, now you've got this vat and you got to mix up the salt and the water and get the percentages right. I have all this stuff on the website, but it's just easier to take that chicken breast and sprinkle it with salt about the same amount you might use at the table side. Rule of thumb is a half a teaspoon of kosher meat per pound, uh, kosher salt per pound of meat. And uh, the other alternative, as you ask, is injection. And injection is a great way to bring flavor deep into the meat. So if you want your turkey breast for some ungodly reason <laughs> to taste like um, Cajun spices, that's the way to do it. You can puncture the meat, stick that needle down in there, and get that rub flavor, the seasoning down in there. Um, a lot of competition teams do injection. Most of them inject with compounds that help it hold moisture, right. um, or a salt, or uh, or or a broth, or something. Oh, look what you did! Um, I'm pretty smart. But uh, yeah, hey, look at that! Jeez, look, you're Except enamored a, with yourself. You just totally lost thought. <laughs> no, <laughs> squirrel, squirrel. <laughs> uh, except there's a voice lag. I look like the humpback. Um, Not here, you don't. Right, you're so, fine. So, um, in, injecting is a good way to bring other flavors in. Like, if you want to get um, uh, these uh, compounds, like Butcher um, uh, Butcher Barbecue, uh, he has injections that really help meat hold moisture, amplify flavor, add umami. That's a great technique for that sort of thing. I'm a bit of a purist in that I like chicken to taste like chicken, not like Cajun spice. I don't mind a little Cajun spice on the outside. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I like turkey to taste like turkey. So I'm not big on injecting flavor, foreign flavor, into the food. So for me, I'd say 90% of what I cook, I dry brine. Doug Scheiding has a question. Don't spend, hey, too, don't spend too much time on this. Oh, that's a great guy. Has, no, I'm not saying he's not a great guy. He is. He's one of my embedded correspondents from Texas. My oldest embedded correspondent. Yeah, I know. Most, I, 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 I should say most seasoned, not oldest. But We spent some quality time in the airport in Mobile, Alabama together recently. Has sous vide passed in regards to fad? <laughs> this is like a monthly question. I know. You're planting this. You're planting this. I don't think it's passed yet. I'll tell you this. I was a big enthusiast. Yes. Um, I've I, I, some of my enthusiasm has waned, um, but what I've learned is, for example, I don't find a great advantage to doing it on something like steak, but pork chops, chicken breast, turkey breast, salmon. So it's like any other cooking technique. It's not a panacea that works on everything. You need to pick and choose what you use it on, and some things it really works well. So I think with time, we're going to learn what things we want to sous vide. And we, we have coined the term sous vide Q, because when you're done sous viding, you got to sear it. And the best way to sear it is on a grill or on top of a charcoal chimney. Mm -hmm. um, so <clears throat> we're, we're fond of that. And Clint, Clint Cantwell, who works for us, um, has become, I think, the world's leading expert on sous vide Q. He knows far more than I do. And he's been doing a lot of recipes for the website on sous vide Q. 
and I think we're going to compile them into like a PDF book. Everything you need to know about sous vide Q. And uh, I think it's going to last another year or so, and it'll last as long as the Crock-Pot has lasted, maybe longer, because it's a little more versatile and it works a little differently. Um, but will it be uh, the really hot thing? I don't know. I don't know if it'll be. But I know this. Yes. It's going to be under a lot of Christmas trees this year. All right. You still think that? Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, it's it's it, uh, you, maybe not so much in the barbecue community, but I guarantee um, uh, in the foodie communities, everybody's buying sous vide machines. All right, uh, about four minutes left. This one coming from Nick Gan. Oh boy, Gan- Gandiosi. Sorry, Nick, if I screwed that up. I know meats like brisket or pork butt can be aged in cryovacs in the fridge, but my question is, how long can meats such as spiral hams, turkey breasts, pork loins, etc keep in the fridge before they may start to turn okay um we got to take them one at a time um uh, spiral ham has been cured so it's been treated with a preservative sodium nitrate and sodium nitrite and that's what turns it pink and then it's been smoked so that it is cooked um, and as a result, you only have to cook it up to 145 mm-hmm. or so to make it safe. Um, that's really different than everything else. Cooked foods in general don't improve with age. Um, the aging in cryovac, like a brisket, is because enzymes in the raw meat break down um portions of the structure of the meat the connective tissues and the proteins and they make it more tender uh over time up to a certain point i think really serious brisket lovers brisket cook generally look for 28 day wet aged uh wet aged means it's aged in the cryovac bag bag excuse me Dry-aged means it's aged in a low-humidity air environment. It's right. not in a bag. Um, <clears throat> and so they they do well, um, and it's the uh, enzymes that do the work. What was the other one? We had ham, brisket. What was the other meat he asked about? Hams, turkey breasts, pork loins, etc. <clears throat> well, turkey breasts, if they're smoked, is similar to ham. They're no, you normally not treated with the preservative. Turkey bre- smoked turkey breasts are cooked or smoked. They're heated. <clears throat> so when you heat meat, you often you, you emasculate the uh, the um, uh, enzymes. So they don't work so well once they've been heated up. Same thing as with the ham. Um, the um, uh, if it's been smoked, um, no, it's not going to age particularly. And in fact, we know this. <clears throat> smoke flavor alters with age, and it doesn't get better. In general, um, when you smoke meat, it's best tasting pretty much right out of the smoker. Mm-hmm. In general, if you've smoked a meat and you let it sit around for a day or two, the smoke profile changes, the chemistry changes. Some people like it better. I think most of us feel like it's best when fresh. And the other one was the pork loin. Yeah. <clears throat> and... That is raw pork. Now, if it's been treated uh, to make uh, Canadian bacon or something, it's like the ham. But just a pure pork loin, um, 
<clears throat> pork is different than beef in that pork fat gets rancid pretty fat. fast. Fat! fat. Um, beef fat keeps better in the fridge and the freezer than pork fat. Pork fat, fat gets funky. It has oh. a... Um, um, Odor? If you've ever been to China or Japan, or you get into these old Italian sausages, there's a a, 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 a funk, and, and 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 Americans don't particularly care for it, but it's considered really cool when you go to Italy and Spain. <laughs> uh, it does change the structure of the fat, and fat is the flavor. So, um, a general in the U.S., I would say pork loin, best fresh. Best fresh. All right. Uh, Meathead Goldwyn can be found at AmazingRibs.com on the second Tuesday of each and every month. He can be found right here on the Barbecue Central show. Meathead, I wish you happy holidays and happy new year, and I hope we find you safe and happy in 2018. And same to you and all the Centralites. I don't know how many years we've been doing this, but I love it, and it's great fun, and uh, I hope we've helped a couple of people out there. Me too. And Happy New Year, everybody. Appreciate it. There he is, Meathead Goldwyn. And now i got to figure out how to do that. There we go. All right. Well, I mean, that wasn't, like, the worst, right? Oh, hold on. Uh, where'd he go? Here we All go. guests on the Barbecue Central show appear uh, via the Smithfield Hotline. Yummy. All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about Cook Shack, manufacturers of smoker ovens for barbecue lovers. Regardless of your cooking experience, for instance, if you're a backyard barbecue enthusiast like me or you're on the competition circuit or in a five-star dining facility, Cook Shack has the unit that will do the job and with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, wood chunks, it's the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoke and grilling 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com or follow their Instagrams. Share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, follow them there as well. Cook Shack pellet-fired smokers, the choice of champions. Because they were designed by a champion, Ed Fast, Eddie Morin, the FEC 100, PG 1000. Always customer favorites. The PG 1000 can double as a smoker and a grill, low and slow, hot and fast. The pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Cook Shack Residential Electric Smokers are the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can cook in your oven, you can make in a Cook Shack. Passion and dedication drives Cook Shack's manufacturing with quality Always being at the forefront. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. That's right, 1962. 12 years before I was born. Call 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. Or once again, call, uh, I'm sorry, visit their website, cookshack.com. That's cookshack.com. Looking forward to having both Ed Fast, Eddie Morin back on the show now that he's done with his racing around the desert and then uh, general manager and overall good guy Stuart Powell when he can come back on both are very busy very busy time of year right now a lot of smokers being given as gifts they got to ship them out make sure they're hitting on time getting ready for the holiday season so whoop-de-doo and dickery dock here we go we'll wrap up the first hour right after this stick around we'll be right back 
Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. back at it. Thanks again to Meathead Goldwyn for joining me the past two segments. Covered a tremendous amount of material and topics. I know a lot of you are going to be hitting the old prime rib for Christmas or you know whatever holiday you're celebrating. So don't screw it up. Go to the place that has all of the information, all of the material to back up why it's saying to do this or that. That's AmazingRibs.com. Learn why when it's this big or that round or whatever, how that cooking time and how those the heat transfers from the outside in, what temperatures give you the best overall product, all that good stuff. Again, that's AmazingRibs.com. All you have to do is Google the words BBQ, I think, and it shows up. Also, some of those items that Meathead mentioned as far as gifts... If you go to thermoworks.com, they have thermopen, thermopop, all the high-level thermo uh, thermometers that you're going to need. And they run it all. Uh, they run the gamut. They even have those infrared gun-type thermometers. You get surface temperatures as well if you want to do that. Great timers. That's thermoworks.com. I recommend a pit barrel cooker. 299 bucks if you're into spending that kind of money on somebody or somebody's looking for a high-capacity cooker, easy to use, and relatively inexpensive for the person buying it. I mean, that really fits the bill, no doubt about it. As I had mentioned in the show open, last year at this time, Sterling Ball's son Casey Ball was undergoing kidney transplant surgery, and the good news is that the surgery went off without a hitch. Well on the road to recovery. We also uh, thank the donor. There were some pictures of her up on Instagram as well. If you follow Sterling and Casey. So that wasn't like somebody had perished and we got a kidney that way. This is somebody who's actually living and donated a kidney. Are you kidding me? Now that is a man's game. Woman's game and man's game. What are the chances of getting, you know, the, the chances of a match? Wow. When it's your time, it's your time. When you get matched, you get matched. That's just the bottom line. So good for Casey. Good for everybody involved. Very happy to see that. All right, we are going to reload here for the second hour. Meathead Goldwyn is asking a question. Let me know on podcast when you listen to this. Shoot me an email. Does a brisket taste better the second day? Good question. I'm going to answer it this way. Nothing tastes better than really good warm barbecue doesn't have to be hot especially when it's brisket i think brisket at its best is room temperature because then it's not like so hot where the the heat sweats right off the top and now you have dry meat but a nice lukewarm perfectly cooked brisket tastes the best 
But second, th- but if you cooked it, sometimes you get that smoke fatigue on your nose, and you don't want that. So for the person that cooked it, maybe the next day actually tastes better because you have your faculties back. All right. We're going to step away and reload. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show from Cleveland. Ohio. Stick around. We'll be right back. to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show Boing. we cook because we have to and we grill because we want to hit me fine how you doing <laughs> you have a great show i'm a big fan Boing. so what 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 seems to be the problem here this man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? We ate two for wiener. Oh, listen, Laverne, you have to shake I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome into the Barbecue Central Show, where we talk about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. If you want to get in touch with me via the email, this is how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at bbqcentralshow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at BBQ Central Show. That's right. Hit me up on social media if you would like to, at BBQ Central Show on the Twitter and the Instagrams. Is happy to interact with you there. I will interact with you, by the way. I'm not like some of those people that just looking for followers, and then when you post something, you have no time for that. I have time. I have all the time, evidently. Still to come on the show this evening, Jimmy Ho coming up next in about 12 minutes. And closing out the show, Tim Shear from Shake and Bake Barbecue. As I had mentioned from a show note perspective, next week there will be a new show. It will be a pre-recorded show, so there won't be a lot of heavy host-slash-audience interaction. I won't be looking for your emails next week because I won't be reading them because I won't be live per se, but it will be a brand new show. Stephen Reichlin will be in. John Solberg will be in. John and I will be talking about the new effort that we'll be launching in just a couple weeks, which is the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. Talk about the genesis, how he's putting them together, how you can take part in helping him put together future episodes. Very excited about the launch of that still to be determined on what day of the week we'll be releasing that John and I will have to go into secret meeting to discuss. I'm thinking obviously later in the week, maybe a Friday release. So you have Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday to take it in. Then you get a live show on Tuesday and you can listen to that uh, either Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday. And then you have the new best of show on Friday. So we'll, See how it works out. Maybe we'll switch it around a couple days, whatever. But 
that's going to be the show set up for next week right now. I'll be adding another guest as well. But I will be undergoing a, a tympanoplasty or whatever the hell they call it. Somehow, if you can believe it, somehow, according to the doctor in my youth, I had some type of an ear injury to my left ear where my eardrum partially detached and then tried to reattach itself and then sucked in some skin. Like, what are the chances that skin's falling off as my eardrum is trying to get back in place and it sucks it in, swoops it in like a vacuum? Well, here it is. Now it's been growing on my eardrum year after year after decade after decade. And I noticed that I was not able to hear that good out of my left ear. And then, wouldn't you know, as I'm sitting there watching television one day, kind of in a quiet atmosphere, the old shows up in my left ear. And now uh, that is competing with everything else. So I thought maybe it was some wax or maybe it would just go away, but it didn't go away. Finally went to the ear doctor. I went to like three ear doctors and two were hacks. Finally found a good one. And he said, well, aside from the perforation that you have in your eardrum, you have the skin cyst and here's how I think it happened. And he said, well, you know, the white noise, the shh in my ear annoying, especially when it's quiet because I can hear. And heaven forbid I'm laying on my right ear, which is the good ear. And then well, I, we, uh, my wife and I use a white noise machine in our bedroom. So if I'm on my, if I'm sleeping on the pillow in my right ear, which is the one I can hear out of, I'm in effect pretty deaf between the white noise and me not being able to hear out of my left ear. Now I sleep like a rock because I can't hear anything. However, that doesn't make for good safety. Plus, I can't hear. And I said, well, what if I don't do anything? Is there really? going to be that big of an issue if I don't want to go in for ear surgery. And he said, yeah, well, you know, and however many years this will continue to grow and become infected and it will eventually eat at your left facial nerve and eat through it. and You'll have face paralysis in the left side of your face. And then if you don't do anything, it will eventually eat its way back into your brain, give you a brain infection. You will die. Oh, I'm like, yeah, but like, how long are we talking here? Like five years? He's like, well, it could be 25 or 30. I'm like, hey, let's take the risk. <laughs> Shake him up. So he said, it's at a size now where we can just take care of it. We can do it in a scope type setting instead of having to make this, you know, large incision down the backside of your ear where you hide it behind the back of your ear, I guess. And it's a lot less invasive now because of when we've caught it. And I said, well, you know, I guess that's good. So we got it on the docket. And this Friday around uh, 1 o'clock or so, currently, I'll be going under for my tympanicoplasty or whatever. So I'm not too sure how I'm going to be feeling Tuesday. I was going to just throw caution to the wind and do a live show on Tuesday regardless. But just on the off chance, I'm feeling... A little less than spunky. I'll put a show together this week before I go in, and then it will run on Tuesday on Facebook, on Outdoor Cooking Channel. Still, that will be the uh, second to last show. 
before we're done with Outdoor Cooking Channel as a whole. I'll have one next week and then on the 26th, and then we will uh, wrap up showing shows there. It will go only to Facebook at that point. And hopefully I'll have that YouTube figured out as well, especially for the chat side. Kind of working on some things there. I saw XSplit has some items that might scroll a chat. But there's some connection things, and it's kind of a pain. So I don't know. We'll have to figure out that whole deal. But, you know, I would really love to interact. But then again, you know, it's tough because we've always had a chat, I guess. So maybe I'll maybe I'll find like a free plug in. I don't know. We'll figure it out. This is what I'm saying. But video will be at Facebook and uh, possibly YouTube at some point, but definitely out of uh, Outdoor Cooking Channel here at the end of the year. I did want to follow up on a take that I had last week in regards to the Pro National Barbecue Tour, a.k.a. Sam's Club. December notes have been released on the KCBS website. Still not a single mention of anything going on with this series at this point. Maybe it was talked about in the closed session that they mentioned. Of course, no notes on that because it's closed and private. But in regards to a general public update, nothing to see, nothing to hear here. So I continue to have to wonder what is going on at this point. Is there going to be a Sam's Club and what is it going to look like? Because I believe for the other seven seasons, we are going into the eighth season, if you can believe it, of the National Pro Barbecue Tour. It's already been released. We've already pre-hyped everything. The first contests take place in February. That first regional final, not far behind that as well. So that Las Vegas regional that everybody has come to know and love. So time is quickly evaporating and there's no news being brought out. Email from Tim in Seattle, Washington. Greg, I heard you mention some barbecue podcasts scooping the Franklin opening a few weeks ago called The Best Barbecue Show. I hadn't heard about it before your mention, so I searched it out, gave the most recent shows a listen, and I have to ask you, do they like you? They mentioned you and played some horn sound effects, later mentioned they were going to be better than your show. Do you have a feud with them? You don't have to read this on the air if you would rather answer privately. Thanks for the great show each week. It makes my ride to work a lot easier to tolerate. Tim in Seattle. Tim, thanks for writing into the show. And the simple answer to your question, is there some kind of a feud between me and the best barbecue show? Uh, that's a big negatory. Uh, I don't... I, perhaps I'm oblivious, but I really try to stay in my show lane. Uh, I do listen to the best barbecue show. I heard the episode you're probably referring to. I didn't take it uh, as anything other than just being fun. And uh, definitely no feud. In fact, uh, I believe I have always tried, as you look back in the annals of barbecue podcast history, as trying to unite those that are into promoting barbecue. Same thing with a podcast called Barbecue War Stories Behind the Smoke. Uh, different shows than mine, different areas of the country than where I'm at, but all talking about the industry. Now, maybe you might not like their style or the topics that they're covering or whatever for those particular shows, but I am a supporter of anybody that is talking about barbecue because it brings the industry as a whole up. It elevates the conversation, and that's all I'm about. In fact, to your point, Tim, uh, or to 
make a even bigger point uh, talking about putting together some in-kind shows between at least Best Barbecue Show and the Barbecue Central Show. So uh, all good here. I would I don't want to speak for them, but I would imagine all good there as well. All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about the Pit Barrel Cooker. Gang, pulling the trigger on a new cooker can be nerve-wracking sometimes. Temperature control, fire management, what woods to buy. Who needs the hassle? Can I strongly suggest a Pit Barrel Cooker or Pit Barrel Cooker Junior? Both of these make cooking simple and fun. It might be the most unique, versatile, and easy-to-use cooker available on the market today. Imagine a single cooker that turns out great traditional barbecue meats like brisket pork shoulder and ribs while also being able to ramp up and tempt to do burgers chicken wings and hot dogs really nice versatility all thanks to the revolutionary design that goes beyond traditional convection their hook and hang method places the food right in the center of the heat so it's acting like a stationary rotisserie the result is great tasting perfectly cooked meat each and every time that's consistency not only is the pit barrel a fabulous cooking vessel it's aesthetically sexy as well not only built to withstand heat, but thanks to its porcelain enamel finish, the pit barrel is able to withstand any type of weather. Also, extremely portable, especially the junior model. Can fit in the bas- uh, back of most trucks, vans, and SUVs. It's ready to go wherever you are. Of course, all barbecue folks love accessories. The pit barrel doesn't disappoint here either. The rubs, the unique removable ash pan, the pit grips, the turkey hangers, the new barbecue skewers, the coffee mugs, the beer koozie. They have a full line of accessories that really complete your pit barrel experience. And the best part, for $299, the pit barrel comes fully assembled, ready to cook on, and ships for free right to your door. Not only does the cooker ship free, but everything they sell to the lower 48 ships for free because so few returns, no coupon code, no promo code needed. Don't take my word for it. Head on over to pitbarrelcooker.com, see what everybody's talking about. Check out their short how-to videos. Then pick up one or two for yourself. You'll thank me later. If you have any questions, you can call them at 502-228-1222. They will actually talk to you. It's the Pit Barrel Cooker and the Pit Barrel Junior available for sale right now as well. The Smokin' Ho coming up next. Stick around. Be right back. giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue a man actually named meathead the author of a barbecue bible bloggers reviewers competitors and manufacturers by the dozens it's the barbecue central show once again here's your host greg rempe this portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers, not voiding warranties, nothing but great quality wood cooking pellets. Don't use them for heating. Put them in your pellet-fired cookers. You can buy them at CookinPellets.com or Amazon.com as well. Download their app. You're going to love that as well. That will alert you when the best shipping prices are taking place. Again, it's CookinPellets.com. You can buy them at Amazon.com as well. 
All right, my first guest in the second hour is quite the barbecue media maven. You find him on the Twitter and Instagrams with the handle the Smokin S M O K N Ho H O, taking some fabulous pictures of the food which he inevitably devours. Here to talk about Texas barbecue, photography, social media, and who knows what else. It's first timer to the show. Jimmy Ho joining me here on the Barbecue Central Show. Jimmy, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you today? Absolutely fabulous, Jimmy. Appreciate you making time for the show. And I guess uh, since you are a first-timer to the Barbecue Central Show jungle, let's go ahead and get a little background about you, where you're from originally, where you're at now, what you do for a living, all that good stuff. Um, so I think I'll just tie it in. I was actually born outside of Cleveland, Ohio, in a suburb. It's like called Parma. My parents moved me to Katy, Texas, which is right outside of Houston when I was 14. I went to school at the University of Austin. So basically, I've been in Austin uh, since 1999, other than for a few years when I moved to Lubbock when my wife was in law school. And now I work at Progressive Insurance and you know, just doing the normal corporate gig. So shout out to Parma. Yeah, baby. You know, the uh, Parma is like the biggest suburb of Cleveland. And uh, what? so like how, how many years ago did you leave there? Uh, we left in 94. All right. So, uh, yeah, I graduated high school in 92. Um, now you would be happy to know that, in my opinion, the best barbecue restaurant in Cleveland is actually housed in Parma, Ohio. So for whatever reason you actually have, do you ever get back to Ohio or you're like, once you're out of here, no way I'm coming back to Cleveland? Uh, well, my, so Progressive's corporate main office is in uh, Cleveland, which is in Mayfield Heights. Right. So I do travel for work every once in a while. So the times that I've been to Cleveland, I actually look for barbecue, but it's been, what, two or, two or three years since I've been to Cleveland. All right, so here's what you need to do. Mark my number down, take my email, all that good stuff. I live on a, in an eastern suburb of Cleveland, Ohio, so I will take you to the three barbecue places that I recommend so it's not like we need to plan out a week to do it like you would do in Texas. Very simple. We can do it in like a matter of hours. They're all very close to each other. Um, Jimmy, has barbecue been something as you've you know gotten older, obviously probably when you were an adolescent you weren't – overly fond of it or maybe you weren't really exposed to it when you moved to texas is it something that you became passionate about no well okay so obviously growing up in cleveland there's not that barbecue base especially if you compare it to texas correct um when i went to high school i still hadn't really tried barbecue i don't think it all started when i was went to ut in St. austin um i think my first memorable memorable um, experience with barbecue would be going out to the Salt Lake. I was rushing a fraternity and they took us out there and it was like, wow, there's all this meat and the smell. And at that point I started gravitating towards barbecue. Um, and so slowly over the years, it's, my interest has peaked more and more and more. Uh, and then when we built a house in Kyle, Kyle's probably about 15 miles, uh, I would say southwestish of Lockhart. And so Lockhart, state of Texas is the official capital of uh, Texas. So at that point, because we live so close, I started going there more and more frequently. And then our friends, you know, wanted to visit us. And so I started showing people around. And so this snowballed into this thing probably over the last 
five years ish into this, you know, thing where I love barbecue and I'm passionate about it. You know, I want to be this person that, you know, they could do when people want to know about Texas barbecue. Talking with Jimmy Ho here on the Barbecue Central show. It's funny that you say five years because my next question kind of ties in with that same kind of time frame. Do you think it's safe to say, aside from your personal experience, that barbecue as a whole has risen in that public consciousness over the last five years or so, uh, five years or so, more than any other time that you can remember as far as a live fire cooking experience? I would say so. I mean, it's, I think it started by this guy named Aaron Franklin having a little trailer on the side of the interstate. And once, you know, that fan base grew, um, it became this national thing that comes to, I guess, the forefront of food. And so you moved to a brick and mortar and this, the lines, you know, went from 30 minutes. I, I, Cause I remember when I first went there, it was, I want to say, I can't remember anymore. Oh, nine, I'm getting old and my memory isn't the greatest. <laughs> so maybe oh nine or 2010, where I stood in line, got there at you know twenty minutes before twenty minutes in line. Now, good luck, you know, you get to be there at seven a.m. So it may, I wouldn't say it's hipster barbecue. It definitely brought a new light, a new you know new face to Texas barbecue. You would see. Texas, obviously, one of the barbecue meccas. Different folks give different answers as it relates to Texas-style barbecue, but how do you define it? What's Texas barbecue to you? Um, well, I mean, I think definitely beef, so brisket, beef rib. Um, traditionally, a slow and low method of smoking. Um, a base of probably a, at least salt and pepper in the rub. And... Um, it used to be more back in the day. I would say more meat market style. So you just you know go up to a counter, order you know brisket, sausage ribs, whatever by the pound. Um, I think it's starting to evolve a little bit more where sides are now being elevated. Um, you know more of a a well-rounded meal. I would say instead of just a really meat-centric meal. Do you care about sides? I could give a shit about sides. To be honest, I mean, as long you know, as the main meat is good, I don't really care if there's good beans or no beans or whatever. It's funny. If you asked me two years ago, I would probably react exactly the same. But, I, okay, so last year I, I probably ate barbecue 200 and I can't remember. It's somewhere on my timeline, <laughs> 200 roughly times a year. Wow. This year I think it might get pretty close to 275. I need to recalculate it. So when you get to that, you start getting kind of brisket fatigued or mm -hmm. meat fatigue where I don't want to order your traditional spread of three to five meats everywhere I want to go. So I kind of expect other things to be well made. So there's places now that make excellent cream corn, corn pudding, mac and cheese. Um, and then because I'm also married, my wife is a type where she doesn't love smoked meat as I do. I mean, it, it takes a lot to probably enjoy smoked meat as much as I do. <laughs> um, so to kind of, I wouldn't say trick her, but to entice her to go places, the sides and dessert kind of factor in. But, but now that she's ordering that, I'm also starting to sample it. And then I think that's why maybe the last year or so I've gained a little bit more weight than the past. Because I've always been kind of steady. Because if you eat a lot of protein and balance it out, with not too much carbs, it works out in the long run. But lately, 
I think the carbs of the sides and desserts are maybe starting to catch up with, once again, getting a little bit older. So Yeah, and 200 um, but, plus yeah. the 275 times in a year, I mean, that's going to catch up to you no matter if you're running marathons or not, I think. Yeah, I mean, I that's, and that's why next year my goal is to run a marathon. I ran a few <laughs> in the early in the early days of me barbecue blogging, I ran a ton. I mean, we're talking about like 30 to 70 miles a week, and now I'm wow. maybe doing 10, so I need to kind of balance it out a little bit next year. Well, it's 10 more miles than I'm running a week, so you got that going for you. Um, <laughs> do you would you say that Texas-style barbecue is your favorite? I mean, it doesn't have to be yes just because you're in Texas, but is that your favorite style? I would definitely say yes. I mean, I haven't had the exposure of going to the Carolinas or Kansas City or Memphis, uh, those areas. I mean, everywhere I go when we go on vacation, I definitely want to try barbecue wherever we go. But for whatever reason, wherever we go, we end up somehow finding a place that does a, something similar to a Texas barbecue because we had it in Maui. We had it in Rome. Uh, we had it in Paris. So, I mean, uh, definitely New York. I mean, so anywhere we go, I gravitate towards that. So my exposure to other barbecue, it's still probably new to me, but because I love Texas barbecue so much, it's definitely my favorite. I mean, I also live in Texas, so it just makes it so much easier. Jimmy Ho joining me here on the show, the Smoking Ho on the Twitter and Instagrams. if you want to give them a follow or if you don't follow them already. Are you able to, to take yourself out of the fact that you live in Texas and that you like Texas? If you tried a Kansas City or a Memphis and you just fell in love with that style, would it be safe to assume that you would be like, hey, honey, uh, I just had the best barbecue ever. We're going to move to Memphis or we're going to move to Kansas City and I'm going to do this barbecue thing from that city instead or no way? <laughs> um, I wouldn't rule out the possibility, but I'm going to say it's highly unlikely. Because, um, I mean, obviously with social media nowadays and you know, everyone, all these TV shows going to all these different locations, filming, you know, barbecue, not just Texas barbecue, but other regions of the country. I look at it, I'm like, I would definitely try that, but it just doesn't look as appetizing to me. Um, I don't know if it's because I'm unfamiliar with it, or maybe, you know, I have this high expectation that, you know, if I go there, I might have a letdown. You had mentioned that you kind of point to Aaron Franklin as somebody that really elevated the whole Texas barbecue scene. I look back and for me, it's a correlation to when Daniel Vaughn actually landed the barbecue editor's job at Texas Monthly and then started TMBBQ.com. It really seemed to elevate the Texas barbecue landscape. When you wait in a line, I'm going to tie it back to Franklin's here now. When you wait in a line for hours and hours, can you really evaluate properly how good that brisket is or do you think inherently because you know how much time you're cashing in on that line that you couldn't possibly tell yourself that it was just average because you'd be pissed that you spent all that time on the line? I would say it's probably a little bit of A and a little bit of B. I mean, yes, while you're sitting in line, you're like, okay, this better be the best damn barbecue I've ever had in the world. Um, so I definitely get that approach. I mean, four hours is a a commitment. I mean, any, yeah, four hours is definitely a commitment. So you better expect the best, but every time I've gone, yeah. regardless of the way he always meets, if not exceeds my expectation. Uh, like recently I went because, you know, he was closed for a few months because of the fire. Right. 
So I hit him up the second week he was open on a Wednesday, got there at 12.45, had my food, and I was out the door by 1.45. Wow. So I waited less than about 45 minutes, eight, and left the place, and it was still like he didn't miss a beat at all. Do you foresee him keeping the lines as long as he wants to stay open, or do you see a point where it would diminish back down to maybe a 35 or 40-minute wait? I can't tell because it's the way that the line's built. There's only so much space he can seat everyone. The only way the line would definitely get shorter if he opened up extra maybe cutting station and extra seating um, or no one showed up. I mean, I, I, I don't see the ladder. So, I, yeah, it's going to be if he somehow opened – because, I mean, he, he on average – right now I think he's a, he does, what, 70 briskets a day? Yeah. On a normal day, he does about a hundred. So I mean, if you think that, look, think about the volume of just brisket alone, not counting bris, uh, ribs, sausage, turkey, and pulled pork. How much you know volume of meat he's going through on a given day? Um, so I mean, in those, he roughly is open what four and a half to five hours, depending on when he sells out. So I mean, that's a lot of people and a lot of meat to push through the door. Do you have a favorite? Barbecue restaurant in Texas is it Franklin's? I always I always say that with an asterisk. Um, I would say so, but I've recently made a list. Like I haven't shown it to anyone, but I started naming stuff as uh, like where my favorite cuts are. So I really don't want to say I have a favorite. Definitely Franklin changed my mind. It's probably one of my favorite briskets in in the area for sure. Um, but. I want to keep a kind of open mind and not play any favorites to anyone, but I mean, I'd definitely lean that way um, if I had to make a decision. Jimmy, let's talk food porno for a second. You take really great shots <laughs> of the stuff that you're eating, but it's not like you're bringing a portable studio with you to these uh, places to get great food shots. So what are you using camera-wise? Do you a lot of, use a lot of uh, phone camera? What's your setup? Um, so I guess I'll kind of back the story. So my mother-in-law got me a Canon for Christmas, what, probably eight years ago. And at that time I was not shooting food. I, I wanted a camera. I had no idea what I wanted for. I thought it was cool to have, maybe use it when we travel. Um, so, but I really, you know, my Instagram has evolved definitely into more, a higher quality. In the beginning, it was just using my iPhone, just taking a picture of whatever I want and yeah. putting it on and, don't care about it. But now obviously I have to kind of think about it, compose the shot. So in the last two years, um, I use a Canon 70D, but now I have a Fuji XT20. It's a mirrorless. It's a little bit lighter. Um, the only reason I got it because uh, we also travel a lot. So it's a lot easier to carry in and around a full DSLR and a little bit heavier, a little bit bulkier. And it's a lot noticeable, especially when you are out of the country. And I don't think you want to be at it kind of puts a target on you, especially for the someone trying to find a way to maybe rob you or, and, or mug you in whatever sense. Um, so I know, yeah, when I go eat my barbecue, I it's all about lighting. It's always about presentation. And the B, I think editing after the fact in like Photoshop Lightroom is also probably the other 20% that brings my photographs to where they are. Do you ever have a internal conversation with yourself of making the picture too perfect or too good versus keeping some type of a, a realism to it? Because I talk to other Instagrammers that say, 
you know, I don't use all the post stuff. My pictures are just like this because this is realistic. How do you kind of reconcile that or do you not even bother that? Well, um, I still want to keep it true to the what I see in my eyes. So to me, the quality of a phone or camera is still never going to match the human eye. And so I have this photographic memory and I have this expectation when I take a picture. Now, now rearranging a tray and stuff like that, I might do just to make it fit into a frame. Mm -hmm. But presentation, if whatever they serve in front of me, typically it's going to be what I might take a picture. I might choose a better angle or, you know, relocate my where I'm eating and where I'm taking a picture into two separate places. Like if I'm out with friends, I might just pop off outside for a couple minutes or a few minutes. Um, but for most part, I don't mess with the presentation, but to me, there's still some editing required because what I take and what shows on the phone or my camera is not what I really see. So that's why I think there's a little bit of editing you have to do to kind of meet that expectation. Um, but I get it. Some people oversaturate over filter over whatever. I don't do that. I just message with like the brightness a little bit, the clarity, uh, couple of the tones and make sure the white balances. It's not a whole lot of work. I can edit a picture probably in less than 30 seconds. Um, so I don't really spend that much time, but I also have an idea what I'm looking for every time. Last question, Jimmy, and I appreciate the time this evening. You have almost 29,000 Instagram followers. In your opinion, what's the best way to cultivate a loyal following base? Um, I would say probably posting frequently at least a couple times a week, um, engaging people in your niche. Um, so obviously barbecue is my thing. So I'd like to go out there and see what other people post. And if it's a great picture, kind of engage with them, talk to them, comment and like, um, it's, it's, I would say definitely be interactive, um, engage with your crowd. Um, if someone comments on your picture, definitely reply. Um, it's just kind of stepping out of that, I would say comfort zone. I feel like with social media, some of us are introverts. I'm an introvert in real life for the most part, but when I'm on social media, it's like I'm a social butterfly. It's, it's weird. I don't know, but I love it. And that's why, you know, it's grown into this little monster where I'm blogging about barbecue and writing about barbecue, I'm taking pictures of barbecue. Um, I have no idea where it goes from here, but definitely stay true to your craft. Be passionate. Definitely engage with everyone out there. It's Jimmy Ho, and on the Instagrams and Twitter, you find him at the Smoking Ho. Jimmy, really appreciate the time tonight, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. You got it. There he is. Jimmy Ho. Okay, now I got to flip back through here. Here we come on. Here we All go. guests there on we the go. Barbecue Central Show appear via the Smithfield Hotline. Yummy. Yeah, see, I think he's the first guy to be honest with me about the line at Franklin's. It's a little bit of both. You know it's going to be good, but you're thinking to yourself, this better be good. There's a lot of time now. My white balance is off for some reason. What happens? Like, the, the later the show goes on, the more washed out I get. It, I, don't, I don't start out this washed. I don't get it. I need a lighting expert. Any lighting experts in the house? Thanks again to Jimmy Ho. Hope you enjoyed that first timer of the show. Folks, the NBBQA's 2015, 16, and 17 Tool of the Year is the CHOPS Power Injector System. 
From the backyard cooks to the caterers, the restaurant chefs, the power injector is right for you. Also, the competition folks. Number one seller, the half-gallon chops power injector system designed for competitions or to pump up the backyard guy or gal like me or you. So easy to use, right? Clean it, fill it, pump it, and away you go. If you have just one brisket or pork shoulder to do, you don't need to fill it all the way up. For heaven's sakes, no. Just put in what you need and kind of tip it over to the side where that straw is and it uses it all. This one comes with a mess of wonderfulness. It's 100 bucks. You pay shipping on top of that. Then you have the one-gallon chops power injector system. Some use it in competitions, like when you're cooking the Memphis and May competition. A whole hog, maybe 10 shoulders to get that perfect one. It comes with a whole bunch of stuff like the half gallon does. This one's 120 bucks, plus you pay shipping on top of that. Then you have the Chops Full Power Injector System. It's electric. It's the commercial and competition big daddy. Not a holding tank this time, but a three and a half foot pickup tube that gets you right into any size container. That's right, from a few ounces to a 55 gallon drum designed for Chef Rob at the best barbecue restaurant in Kansas City. He has said time and time again that with the Chops Full Power Injector System, his briskets are better than ever. It comes with a metal needle adapter, a whole bunch of different gauge needles, plug screws, needle protectors, 325 bucks plus you pay shipping on top of that. A number of the top pitmasters in the world are using the Chops Power Injector System every day to make their barbecue better than the rest because we live in a foodie world and this is how you get flavor in every bite and how you do it fast. Not just for meat. How about alcohol-infused watermelon? Why not? BarbecueKansasCity.com is the way to do it. B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. BarbecueKansasCity.com. By the way, I had an issue with my Chops Power Injector System. It was in the pump on Dan's Facebook page. He goes over tips. He says, if you think your pump is broke, it's not. And then he goes over three or four or five different quick fixes. Mine was fixed inside 30 seconds. Now it's back up and running again. So check out Dan's Facebook page. It's a Chops Power Injector System. And we're back with Tim Shear. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. Man, I love it. Doug Chiding's like, geez, dude just had a lighting expert on and you never asked him the question. Okay, look, nobody's said this guy is very smart, this guy. Hey, as I mentioned in the first hour, champion pitmasters are winning with Smithfield. You can, too, commit to cooking with Smithfield's 2018 2018 barbecue season. You get the smoking swag for participating. A few requirements to sign up, pay a small shipping fee of 25 bucks, and you can become a member of the sports major. Or then you have to be a member of one of the sports major sanctioning bodies like KCBS or FBA. Be sure to come back and track your first place finishes in pork and ribs to win great prizes through their Walking with Smithfield incentive program. More information on that coming soon. And once a Smithfield committed cook, show us your Smithfield by using the hashtag show us your Smithfield on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, baby. 500 open slots right now. So jump on at smokingwithsmithfield.com and become a committed cooks member. All right, helping me close the show tonight, currently ranked second in the KCBS Team of the Year points race, 
third overall in chicken, fourth overall in ribs, second overall in pork, third overall in brisket. He's also the uh, creator of the Gateway Drum Smoker, owner of Blues Hogs Barbecue Sauces and Rubs, and here to talk about the 2017 season and some other barbecue topics if he sees fit. The pitmaster of Shake and Bake Barbecue, Tim Shear, joining me. What's up, tall guy? Hey, buddy. I'm doing well. How are you? Absolutely fabulous, Tim. Appreciate you making time for the show, as always. So let's jump right into the 2017 season a bit, Tim. I'm 100% confident in saying, had this been any other year, we would be talking to the 2017 KCBS Team of the Year, Tim Shear from Shake and Bake Barbecue. But that damn Travis Clark decided to have the best competition season probably ever. What's your take on the 2017 season? Yeah, I mean, well, Travis is a beast, that's for sure, especially this year. Um, but but that's all right, you know. I mean, we've had a great season. Yeah. Um, you know, we started off a little late, not really planning on cooking, uh, you know, hardcore points chase type season. Um, we ended up winning our first contest and, and kind of kept on rolling in the springtime. So, um, you know, at that point we had to keep keep the pedal down basically just to see – you know, what, what we could really do and stuff. So I didn't, you know, didn't want to go into it. I, you know, come out of it, um, you know, wondering what if this or that, but, um, but nonetheless, it was a great season for us. I mean, we're very thankful and blessed that we could have that many wins. And then last year, I think we had probably had six wins, I think, you know, and I think we bumped it up to 12 or 13 this year. So, um, you know, it's been, been a great year, a lot of fun. Um, you know, started to drag on there at the end. I'm not going to lie, but but um, but we were you know fortunate to be where we're at. When you look at your category overall finishes, and I just mentioned them a couple minutes ago, I mean, you really can't get more consistent other than you know winning each and every category. I mean, third in chicken, fourth in ribs, second in pork, third in brisket. What are you attributing that great success to? Is it just following a plan each and every time and hitting the marks? What's the deal? <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, I think I did tighten up. I think we tightened up, you know, probably more than anything our prep, you know, even before we got to the contest, um, you know, just getting more of a routine, more consistent, uh, you know, with our meat and everything. Um, And I think that helped a lot. Um, You know, it's just, you know, we finally got chicken calls this year. I mean, that's been, that's been, uh, you know, everybody's Achilles, I guess for so long, but, um, I think we got how many, uh, second place chicken calls this year, which we kind of joked about for a while. Cause it was, you know, every time it was second, which is kind of what I do, it seems like, but, um, but you know, we'll take that anytime. And that, um, that definitely helped us out this year. From a flavor profile standpoint, were you pretty much where you were at last year, this year? Did you make some tweaks in the off season? Did you make some adjustments during the season? How did that roll for you in 2017? You know, it's crazy. We're, you know, we're very similar. Um, I think that, you know, if you look at it, the difference is, you know, last year we had, I think, nine or ten reserve grands and six wins, you know. So this year we had, you know, more wins and just a couple of reserves. So, you know, when you talk about having, you know, I think we were sixth overall last year compared to second this year, you know, the difference is not really that much. It's just hitting the table here or there, you know, coming up, you know, getting a lucky break wherever. But it's, you know, it's definitely, um, you know, being consistent and, and throwing your name in the top five is what I would say. If you put your name in the top five often enough, it's going to get drawn. So uh, at that point, it's a numbers game. So, 
Tim Shear joining me on the show from Shake and Bake Barbecue. Tim, did you see anything over the course of a year where you saw trends changing or other teams getting away from what they might have done in years past uh, and needing to adjust to stay competitive? Or did you think, by and large, from a, from a high mm-hmm. level, a lot of stuff was staying the same? I think a lot is staying the same for the most part. Um, you know, I, I think I have noticed that um, guys are going away from burnt ends in the box maybe a little mm-hmm. bit more. Um, and um, and we're one of those that did that a little bit uh, towards the end of the season. And, and honestly, I think, you know, we had a lot of 180s this year, you know, a couple of them for second place, of course, because that's, again, what we do. But, <laughs> but uh, um, you know, most of them were without burnt ends. You know what I mean? So I don't, I don't know if that's a trend or if it's just, um, you know, cooks being smarter, not putting bad burn ins in a box or something like that. You know, are you it could be the one? Are you encouraged that you're not getting at least that we know you're not getting scored down for not putting burnt ends in, or the judges aren't scoring on expectation to a certain yeah. degree? Yeah, that is encouraging because I've always, you know, you always had that thought running through your mind, um, you know, whether or not you put them in, and a lot of times I think. You know, we make mistakes that thinking we have to, you know, feel pressure to put them in, even though they're not our best piece of meat. So, um, you know, knowing that you can win without it is, is a is a good thing. So, it makes you feel more confident in and cooking a good slice and and just running that. As you head into the off season, however short that might be for you guys, I mean, you're in the business of barbecue as well, which we'll get into here in a few minutes. But are there any things that you have talked about with the team? tweaks or changes or things that I mean have you ever thought that like hey man let's just buck the trend get way outside the box and see how it hits or is the cost of competition now so much that you really can't venture too far outside the box in fear of getting punished well if you're trying to win you can't go too far outside the box I mean you know it's it's the old down the middle barbecue trick so um, you know, if I'm definitely trying to win every time, that's what we've got to do. Uh, with that being said, I know Brad from getting Basin and I have been, <laughs> been talking about doing some funny things, you know, like, you know, we used to show up at seven o'clock in the morning. We used to bring six pieces of chicken. I mean, some of that crazy stuff that would be kind of fun just if you're, uh, if you're looking to spice it up a little bit, but, but other than that, no, I don't think it's uh, a wise move to get too far off on base. Uh, you know, when you're cooking for the, for the wind. What's the current plan for the 2018 season? Have you even bothered to map out a handful of months yet or not yet? Not totally. I know I've been looking at a couple. Just um, you know, I'd like to get down to Florida for Sunnies. We've never done that one. Mm-hmm. That's case of this this year. Um, other than that, I haven't really uh, really dug into it much. I, I doubt we're going to start too early again. I know we've, uh, we've got my daughters playing basketball and stuff, and and I'm um, coaching some of that stuff, so we've got that going on in January and February, so I don't want to miss that. But um, but we'll be, I'm sure we'll be back at it. I don't know that we'll be able to do 40, 42 comps again next year like we did this year, so um, we'd like to get down to 25 or so and, and do the comps that we enjoy and and um, not, not totally kill ourselves with the travel and everything else next year. Uh, Tim, I don't want to get too far in the weeds on KCBS stuff, but since you were so close to taking team of the year, what are your thoughts on the current setup? And would you have any suggestions if somebody were to come and ask you from 
secret board of directors meeting and take you behind the closed doors as to, you know, what input would you have for them? Yeah, I mean, you know, the the system is what it is right now, and I have no problems with that. Um, you know, I do think in order to maybe grow KCBS, I think, uh, you know, I've been saying this for a while now that, you know, everybody says, well, Team of the Year is only the top 2%. Uh, the 2% of the teams, you know, but it is, it's the top 2% yeah. and, and it's the 2% of uh, the teams that are, you know, on social media with a bigger following. Uh, they're the ones with the sponsors or the ones that attract media. Um, so how I've been saying for a while that we need to group the top 20 or 25 teams uh, together, like you would a NASCAR race. You've got the top, you know, racers going against each other every week um, and just put on a, a nice of a, of a, you know, maybe a 20, comp season that, that everybody can cook and, and follow each other around and, and maybe you supplement that field with another, you know, the next 25 or anybody that wants to jump in, you know, uh, that way teams could work their way into that top, top group or, or, and also work their way out of it, you know, but I think that would be cool. It'd be interesting. It'd be a good way to attract, I think, sponsorship and, and fans more than anything um, to barbecue. And that's how, you know, as we know, that's how you grow the sport, uh, getting new, new blood in there. So, um, you know, I've definitely had some ideas like that, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, some of the the board members are listening to that type of thing too, because I think it's important for for KCBS's growth and, and barbecue's growth in general. You worried about Sam's Club not showing up next year? Um, I'd be disappointed if it didn't. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, it's it's kind of been like what I talked about. It's kind of a you know more of an elite group once you get down to the the last. Um, you know, a couple of rounds or whatever, and that's big money. And, and, you know, again, you'd hate to see a sponsor like that go away, um, you know, when, when you'd like to try to attract more. So uh, hopefully it comes back or something similar comes back. Tim, let's trade off of the competition stuff real quick and take a look at some of the business handlings that you have. Of course, uh, Gateway Drum Smoker, uh, what's happening with that side of the business? Anything new coming down the pike? Tell me about it. Yeah, not a whole lot new. I mean, the newest thing we've had is the, uh, you know, the high temp uh, powder coated version, which is really cool for us because now we can use it as a grill as well. Uh, you can actually raise the charcoal basket up and and um, it gets super, super hot. I know uh, we use it on a couple of SEA state times. We used a little 30 gallon model on that and, and it really worked awesome. I know uh, Dan Jones, I think, was a points winner this year and he finished up his season cooking on one and really enjoyed that too. So. <laughs> Um, you know, that's one of the things we've been working on and, and, uh, as we grow our market and, you know, into the backyard as well, uh, just a smoker and a grill that any, you know, that everybody can use for, uh, for any different type of cooking. Are you taking on gateway drum smoker dealers and brick and mortar stores or what's the thought process there? Yeah, we have been actually, we've been adding a lot of dealers, uh, a lot of online, uh, dealers as well. Uh, we've been shipping them all over the world. Actually, it's been it's been pretty it's been a pretty wild year for growth for us. So it's, you know, it's really exciting. Um, you know, it's, Canada's been hot. Uh, we're getting calls from from Europe and, and Australia has been absolutely crazy over them. So um, that's that's really really kind of neat, considering where we've where we've come from. So. The other side of the business, of course legendary name when you talk about competition barbecue kind of hand in hand when you talk about competition barbecue and that of course is blue hogs sauces and rubs obviously the charcoal as well how's that side of the business running it's going going well man we've actually been growing that quite a bit um 
you know, I was uh, had had the pleasure of going down and seeing Bill last week at uh, at his hometown in Jackson, Tennessee, and hung out with the old people for a while at his uh, his apartment. And, and <laughs> Believe it or not, it was super fun. You know, those guys are crazy, and and just get to see Bill for the day, and and uh, he was doing great and having a good time down there. So uh, that was that was pretty cool. But now, uh, you know, Blue Hog in general, same deal. We've just been pushing it as hard as we can, trying to. Trying to get it where it belongs, man. In every every store, every household that we can we can get it to. I mean, it's um, you know it's one of those sauces that you you know once you taste it, you you understand why it's uh, why it wins and why people love it so much. So we're just trying to spread the you know spread the love of that around. We've been doing a bunch of road shows here lately with Sam's Club um, down in Bentonville and Kansas City, and, and we're doing St. Louis this weekend. So. Um, you know, it, it never ends, man. It's it's a lot of work, and between the competitions and the, and the smokers and the sauce, it, it definitely keeps us hopping. We haven't had an off season, so um, and we won't have one either. <laughs> when you're doing road shows for these kind of businesses, why aren't they carrying Blues Hog and Gateway Drum smokers? I mean, what the heck? <laughs> that's that's the question I ask all the time. Right? But, you know, it's. Uh, you know that's that's why we're doing it right now, and and you know to convince them, and and um, you know basically work our way in the door is how we're doing it. You know, it's just it's just uh, one step at a time. You know what I mean with with the larger companies. The last time we talked, you had just introduced the competition blues hog sauce. How has that achieved uh, market status? Uh, performing as good, better, or or below expectation? Um, I think it's going as good or better. Yeah, I mean it's uh, you know it's it's our key sauce or our our pork uh, seasons last year and this year. Um, so I think that's sweet volume for it. Um, you know, I mean it's been selling great. You know, we don't have it in a pint jar yet. I'm sure we'll come out with that soon. Um, you know, we've been working on a couple things, maybe maybe a squeeze type bottle for it uh, before we go to the pint, just for easier use. Um, you know, we've also got a couple, um, working on a couple new rubs actually right now, um, that will be hopefully rolling out, uh, towards the beginning of the year. So that's kind of exciting. We've been working on it for a while and testing, testing, testing. And, and, uh, so hopefully, hopefully, um, people like those and, and, you know, just something we can use all purpose, probably, probably an all purpose rub and, um, and more of a, uh, bold and beefy rub is what we're going to call it. So. Um, should be interesting. Do you ever worry that, you know, eight, nine, ten years ago, I would never even bother asking this question because there just wasn't the the sheer amount of rubs and sauces that are out there that are available today. Do you ever worry about when you're bringing something new to the market that you might get lost in the noise? Yeah, I mean, I've tried to be careful about that. You know, um, you know we've got so much room for growth on just the products that we have already. Um, as far as the sauce and like I said earlier, getting it spread out to, you know, all the different stores. But so I didn't want to, you know, I don't want to oversaturate on market or, you know, you only get so much shelf, uh, shelf space, you know, so you don't want to just have a million products for no reason. And, and we want to stick, stick with, um, what we're confident in and what we really know. Um, but at the same time, we want to keep, keep things fresh and, and, um, you know, keep moving forward. I know Bill's got some, uh, small bath sauces that he's always made in his kitchen, um, you know, I'm looking forward to working with him in the next couple of weeks and uh, trying to bring those to life also. The pitmaster of Shake and Bake Barbecue, currently 
second team of the year KCBS points race. It's Tim Shear, friend of the show, Gateway Drum Smokers, Blue Hogs Barbecue Sauces. Tim, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for doing it. Hey, thanks a lot, Greg. Appreciate your show. You got it. There he is. Tim Shear. He's tall. If I'm not mistaken, uh, Tim Shear, nine guests feet. guests on the Barbecue Central show <laughs> appear via the Smithfield right, Hotline. Yummy. I think he's six foot nine inches. Is that right? It's either six seven or six nine. In any event, uh, tall guy, no doubt about it. That's why I said, hey, what's up, tall guy? Tallest man in barbecue, self-proclaimed. All right, folks, grilling season. While it is winter here in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city, we're still open for business when it comes to grilling. The place to head for all of your barbecue and grilling needs, it's Butcher Barbecue. Certainly, we know that Butcher's carries a great selection of barbecue products. The grilling portfolio continues to expand with the grilling oil and what? The Grilling Addictions Seasonings, right? All available for sale right now at ButcherBBQ.com. They do have the sweet barbecue sauce that you're going to love. They have the standby rubs, the brisket rub, and the honey barbecue rub. But they also have those new flavors, chipotle, cherry, triple secret private blend. You got to get over there and check out all the products. Here's the greatest thing. All these products are tried out on the competition circuit. Dave still very much winning and doing well in categories and overalls on the competition scene. But in the backyard, they're performing outstanding as well. So here's what you do. You head on over to ButcherBBQ.com and check out all the products. If you're a dealer or you want to become a dealer, if you have a barbecue and grilling supply store and you don't carry Butcher's Barbecue, what are you waiting for? Head on over to ButcherBBQ.com. Request info on how to become a dealer for them today. Not only will they thank you, but your customers are going to give you a high five and hearty hand clasps because you got these fine products into their hands to try for themselves. As I just mentioned, products extensively tested in the backyard and on the competition trail so you know they're going to deliver the goods. Once again, ButcherBBQ.com. Check out all the products. You'll be happy that you did. ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. We're back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you've found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. Hey, all right. I'll take that as a compliment. Big voice guy. Thanks again to Tim Shear for joining me last segment. Blues Hog Barbecue Sauce owner, now Gateway Drum Smoker owner, and your second place team of the year in 2017 for KCBS. Not a bad season. 20 wins over the last two seasons. Not too shabby. Doubling from one year to the next. Very impressive. All right, let's go ahead and wrap it up. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com. We talked about such things as Great gifts to give this year over the next couple weeks during your holiday season for your loved one that has a passion for barbecue and grilling. Thermometer is obviously a big one. Always love thermometers. We also discussed that sous vide is on the way, not out, but not perhaps as...
popularly fatty as we once thought earlier in the year. We'll do a 2017 recap in early 2018, where then we will also give our trends for 2018. Maybe we'll do that with Chad Ward, like we did this past year. Or this year. Then we met Jimmy Ho, the smoking Ho. The smoking Ho on the Twitter and Instagrams. He's got like 30,000 followers. Really doing that Texas barbecue thing. Appreciate that. Great first interview with him. And then, of course, we closed out with Tim Shear, Blues Hog, Gateway Drum Smoker, and your second place KCBS Team of the Year. Pre-recorded show next Tuesday, but it will be new, so look forward to that. going to be fun. And then I'll be back on the 26th with a new live show with me and hopefully a new ear. September 11th, 2001, I will never forget. And until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Reppy. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Holidays. Good night now.